Please listen carefully. Brandon, you're not in the bathroom, are you? Is that the shower curtain behind you? I'm having to use my daughter's tablet to log into ESPN (laughs) so I can look at matchups. Close the bathroom door. (laughs) Featuring your host, William the Guru Burridge. You don't want to keep him anymore because you just you just got opportunity to pick up somebody better. If you say you want to keep somebody, in my opinion, you should have to keep that person. You shouldn't be able to trade them off because you got some of the better three rounds ahead of time. And special guest, Hacksaw himself, Sean Collins. I put out feelers. I put out feelers out there. I'll just I'll I'll send this guy a ridiculous trade, and I'll send this guy a ridiculous trade just to see if they'll counter offer him something. Don't forget the lowest man on the totem pole, Matthew Walker. It, it could come down to they could draft a, a guy, get to the training camp, not like the way he said yes, sir, and tell him to get the hell out of town. All right, welcome to week four of the NFL football season. We have a special episode of the Overdrive coming with you this week. We have a couple of uh, guest hosts sitting in with us this week that we're thrilled to have. Uh, as always, I have uh, Hacksaw Sean Collins here with me today. Will is off uh, being a good dad, coaching baseball and stuff like that. So he's got his priorities figured out while the rest of us are still trying to get that straight. But I'd also like to introduce this week, we got Brandon Saxa and his brother, Neil Saxa, with us today. So this is going to be a show for the ages. So you're going to want to make sure you actually listen to this one and not just download. So welcome to the show, guys. Welcome, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. and for, so just for the audience's um, acknowledgement, Neil is the oldest. Just want to make that clear. And yet he's the smallest. So And he was <laughs> also the one scared to play because he didn't want to get beat by his brother. So hey. These are all true statements. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we have a lot coming at you this week we're going to obviously dive into our week four matchups which is a routine we're going to probably talk about some guys who we think could be fire and ice plays this week and then we're just going to kind of roll with the same thing we had last week it's going to be completely unscripted as in none of this is planned out this is coming all off the top of our heads so it should be very entertaining and it should provide for a lot of laughs this week so um, I'll turn it over to Sean and see what he has to say and see if anything important comes out of that uh, bald head this week. No, you know me. Nothing ever usually uh, important comes out of my mouth. Although I did say Dalvin Cook was going to have a good week last week, So even though, uh, even though they played Case Keenum. Uh, but no, but for the beginning of the show, we're mainly just going to uh, spend an entire five minutes talking about the greatness that is Ryan Bourne. Bornis, Bornis, Bourne, whatever his name is. Uh, we're going to talk about like the smart things he does in fantasy, like uh, spend $40 on a third-string running back that has just rode his bench the entire time. Um, so pretty much wasting almost half his money on that player, and they haven't done anything. The uh, But he, he brought up a question on the league page uh, dealing with the Cardinals offense since he has David Johnson, and he just wants us to talk about his team uh, every podcast show. So we're going to – this is just for you, Ryan. Uh, the Cardinal offense is actually—it's been a very pass-heavy this year. They have not—they uh, haven't ran the ball very well, um, and Ellington has actually done a pretty good job picking up uh, where David Johnson kind of was starred in the passing game. So they haven't lost anything in the passing game, but they have lost 
um, a little bit of his ability as far as running inside and all that with Chris Johnson. He's just not that caliber player. <clears throat> but uh, in regards to just overall as a team, um, I don't think they're really lacking too much or they're missing very actually really that much with him gone if you actually look at some of the statistical stuff um, that's going on. So, uh, I mean, you know, Palmer put up 300 yards the last two games. Uh, Ellington had, had a great game last week. Uh, Johnson had a terrible game last week as far as running the ball. So really, uh, when it comes to the passing attack, they're not missing him really at that much at all. But uh, in the running game itself, I think they, they are missing his uh, his big body a little bit. Well, let we can go to week one, and I know it's super small sample size, but 11 carries for 23 yards, I don't think any NFL team would be missing that. So it's not like David Johnson started off his 2017 season on fire. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I think the offense is obviously going to take a step back when you lose a guy like that. But we, we could probably just get back to the, the $40 on the guy. I mean, that's like going down to the yard in Gulf Shores and buying one of those $20 milkshakes and walking away and dropping it on the ground. I mean, <laughs> this, this is a guy that had one snap last week. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty big waste of money. I mean, I put money on the guy, but I definitely wasn't gonna put that much money on the guy. Uh, that that was kind of uh, that was kind of crazy to see whenever I uh, checked the activity that morning. But but also another thing that Ryan brought up was the fact with the uh, Seattle Seahawks making the uh, he he was concerned about the Seattle Seahawks making the playoffs, which doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? I agree. And, and I'm going to let the other two guys chime in on some of this stuff, but I just want to throw one stat out, and, and I don't know why you would even ask if the Seattle Seahawks are going to make the playoffs. This is the last 13 years of football, right? The Seattle Seahawks have made the playoffs 10 out of the last 13 years. So don't come on here and ask a question, are they going to make the playoffs, when they've made it 10 out of the last 13 years. Who else is going to win the NFC West? Please, one of you three guys on this podcast, tell me who is going to win the NFC West over the Seattle Seahawks. If you can sell it, I might buy it. I personally just like the hot take you just gave us. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I will add this. First, I don't really think you can be called greatness if no one knows how to pronounce your last name. That's So we're just going to have to get that out there. If you can't pronounce the guy's last name, he can't be considered greatness. Two, Ryan, stop changing your team name. That's getting confusing. Every time we log in, you that's not going to change your team's record. So just stop changing your team name. That's my two takes on Ryan. But back to the <laughs> back to the Seahawks. I, I, I'm with you. I think Seahawks takes that. So yeah, they've got a bad offensive line. We all know that they're terrible. But this is an offensive line that's been terrible for years. And somehow Russell Wilson and that team figure it out. So it, this is week four. They're one and two. They're they're not out. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I mean, I would just add here really quick. So they do have Russell Wilson as their quarterback. I mean, we're not talking about Peyton Manning. We're not talking about Tom Brady. We're not talking about. I, I mean, those are elite quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong, but they're pocket passers. That's not Russell Westbrook's game anyway. So, yeah, their weak point is their offensive line. But uh, and this is probably. why he stopped playing fantasy football right here. Russell, Russell Wilson is the quarterback, not Westbrook. This is not a, this is oh, not a yeah. basketball podcast. Yeah, Westbrook, Westbrook <laughs> definitely has a different style than Manning and Brady. I would agree. Hey, OKC is on my mind, okay? I, think, I mean, they got Carmelo Anthony. They got Paul George. They got Russell. I mean, they could probably put a field of a football team. I don't know who I was talking about, but there you go. 
I agree though. Russell Wilson, I mean that that guy probably is better when he gets to move around and out of the pocket. So, I mean, obviously he wants some protection, but he's better on his feet anyway. So. Alrighty. So there you go, Ryan. You've got your five minutes of fame on the podcast. All right. Nothing but talking about questions you brought up. Which is yeah, because, five more than it should because, have had. And it's, and it's week four, so we're not even going to talk about hot seats because th- there is no hot seat week four. I mean, these guys literally just left preseason. Nobody's losing their job yet. Unless your name is Tom Herman and you're the coach of Texas football, then you're probably already on the hot seat. Oh, we can go, we can go hours on the hot seat. I will say this really quickly since Matt mentioned that about the preseason. So there's a lot of talk like around you know commentators and stuff on ESPN. They're saying that the first four weeks of the regular season is really more like what the preseason used to be because most of your stars aren't playing in the preseason. So I like what Matt said there. I mean, we are talking about, you know, we're four weeks into the season, but really some of these guys are just now getting into, you know, really getting the the game feet under them or whatever you want to call it, game legs under them or whatever you want to call it. So that's, I think that's probably why you're seeing a little bit of the discrepancies with some of these big-name receivers and running backs who haven't really had breakouts yet. It's particularly that's, like Le'Veon Bell would be a good example of that. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. So all the owners out there who own, you know, Le'Veon Bell or Terrell Pryor or Cam Newton, you know, maybe, maybe put these guys on your bench for a few weeks and just let them get the thing sorted out. And a lot of these guys, you know, did not participate in any preseason action at all. So, but to just go off and jump ship on them right now is you're probably going to end up regretting that later in the year. Ah, uh, you can go ahead and jump ship on Cam Newton. I'm sorry. You can go ahead and jump. Just jump that ship, man. I'm not jumping it. I've, n- I've never drafted Cam Newton in my entire life because I thought he was a garbage quarterback, and he is literally proving me right the one year I drafted him. So Take it from a guy who's owned him <laughs> quite a few seasons. Go ahead and jump ship. That's why you will see Tyrod Taylor in my starting lineup this week. Yeah, I, I saw you put him in there. So I, I saw a stat, and I can't quote it, but it was something about over the last 15 weeks – the he's put up like over 15 fantasy points per game and the only other quarterback to do that in the NFL was Tom Brady. So I don't think I got that quote exactly right, but it was something along the lines where he was in the same boat as Tom Brady. So I'll take it. Yeah. I'm about to say, and, and Taylor, he's, I mean, he's a sneaky fantasy person. I mean, he's never on anybody's radar. They hardly ever talk about him, but he is pretty consistent um, with what he does, especially, you know, with his feet. I mean, he'll put up, you know, 50, 75 rushing yards in a game, no problem, especially as much as uh, that offense likes to run the ball. So I, I don't think that's a bad pickup and start for you this week. Okay, so I guess we're going to move on from the, the five minutes of fame with Ryan. And uh, if, if you want this to be a segment every week, Ryan, then, um, I mean, I don't really know what to say. I doubt it's going to happen, but we'll think about it. Yeah. He, well, he, well, he probably is our most dedicated listener, though, so I guess we have to give yeah, him well, some type of love. Is, I mean, we, but that's the kind of interaction we want, though. We want some, we want people to post questions like that that we can't answer on the show. So, so I mean, you're, you gotta, you're saying you're asking the world for more rhymes? Is that what you're asking for? As long as they're dedicated listeners and they ask questions, then yeah, I don't mind it at all. Neil, take that dude a thermometer. Which one of y'all lives closer to him now? Uh, yeah, it's about the same. Um, well, I would, I would, <laughs> I mean, does Ryan also like send money? to checking accounts and stuff because if that's so then I'm I'm voting for him as well <laughs> I haven't seen no money yet he ain't got no like, money get, like, a sponsorship a <laughs> 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 that's 
he's out, he's broke already. Fourth week into the season, he's broke. <laughs> Don't worry oh, about it. Yeah, you pretty much just yeah, you pretty much just if you want somebody, all you gotta put up like twenty bucks and you'll get them over him. So I guess what uh what we're gonna move into now is a couple of uh, injury concerns throughout the league. You know, Jordan Reed, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. Um, so if anybody has any intake on that, I know that uh, Reed is probably one of those guys that has banged up in his entire career. So it's basically you have to watch him and babysit him every single week to see if he's going to play. But has there been any injury concerns since this is the first time we've had you two guys on? Is there any injuries that have stuck out to you so far that you'd want to talk about? Yeah, for me, it's it's the Sam Bradford thing. I think I read earlier that he's going to be out another four weeks or maybe at least three weeks, four, something like that I read. I mean – he now granted, I'm sure if you drafted him or if he was drafted in your league, you weren't drafting him like expecting him to be your number one quarterback. But after the you know the game that he had early in the season, you're you're thinking, well, you know, he's probably one of the hot waiver pickups. Everybody's thinking, yeah, we maybe we should go after Bradford. And now, I think that uh, even guys like Thielen and Diggs, even though they're having big weeks, even with Keenum. You know, if, if you're if you're the owner of Diggs or Thielen, you would much rather see Bradford back there, and you're probably watching that injury pretty carefully. Yeah, I um, I absolutely dogged out Case Keenum on last week's show, and basically said he was like a scrub of the NFL, and then he goes off and throws for like 300 plus yards this week. But I stand by my thoughts. If if you own Diggs and and Thielen, I think you need to sell high and get what you can for them. And then I just don't want to own anybody that has to have Case Keenum throwing the ball to them. As the owner of Dalvin Cook, though, uh, kind of helps me out, so I'm kind of happy. I mean, I, hey, I hate for anybody to get hurt, but I, I, Dalvin Cook, I think, is gonna these next couple of weeks is gonna come in come in good for me. Yeah, I would just say uh, Dalvin Cook, because he's a Florida State alum, um, is terrible, but he is a, a phenomenal. I think he's, he's, I mean, he's going to be a workhorse in Minnesota for a long time. The dude is a stud, other than the fact that he makes a very poor decision when he was going to college. But when we were talking about Stephon Diggs and, uh, and and Adam Thielen, like, are, is there a better wide receiver tandem in the NFL right now? Like, seriously, and I'm not being funny. Like, those are two guys who you probably wouldn't have put in the top five you know, before the football season started, but right now, can you name two people on the same team who are better at that position than those two? I'm still going with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. I mean, I, I think that that is literally the greatest tandem. Now, their stats might not line up with the other two guys, but it, it seems like whereas Minnesota seems to be able to get the ball to both of those guys consistently each week, Oakland seems to either lean on one or the other, but I, I still think that that is the truest tandem in the NFL right now, and, and they're still top in my book. What about what about Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson? Anybody surprised that they're not putting up like video game numbers out there? I am a little surprised, actually. Um, I didn't think that Deshaun would be much of a like every week type of starter. I thought he would be more of a uh, just kind of run fly routes and open up the field for. Mike Evans I kind of thought that's why they got him and last week it was a little reverse they kind of focused on Deshaun more than they did Mike Evans so but yeah you you would think that that offense in a in a hole should be putting up you know 30 plus points a game yes they should as a Jameis Winston owner they should and they better start doing it quick um but yeah but but uh back to the you know the injury concerns and all that kind of stuff uh I don't I don't know what Will's doing but he's He's uh, he's back and forth with his players more than anybody I think I've, I've ever seen as far as 
I mean, he's already sort of jumping ship on Amari Cooper, um, and he, you know, he was a limited participant this week so far with his knee. But do you still sit? I mean, do you sit him if he's if he's still playing this week? No, no, you can't sit Amari exactly. Cooper. No, if you drafted a guy in like the first five or six rounds, you have got to start them. That is the backbone of your team. Yeah, you don't replace him with Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, no, yeah, especially a Panthers offense that is absolutely anemic right now. I mean, I probably have more receiving yards in the NFL this year than uh, Kelvin Benjamin does. I certainly <laughs> have more passing yards than Cam Newton, that's for sure. <laughs> Wait, come. Yeah. I'm literally the best player the Panthers have on offense right now because I can literally sit in this office chair and not go over there and turn the ball over. <laughs> that's sadly, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Pretty pretty sad. Uh, let's see who else we got. We got the um, the Julio, uh, but he's always been on pretty much the injury injury report for if if I'm not mistaken his whole career has he not? I mean he yeah. he he I've never seen a wide receiver much less play through as many injuries and still put up you know insane stats like he does. So his yeah. injury concern is not really um, that big of a deal. I mean obviously you want to keep check on it, but. If he's playing, he's starting, obviously. Yeah, he, he spent his whole life injured, but he's probably one of the toughest guys in the NFL. But I had a thought come up that I'm sure the audience is dying to hear. When we're talking about injuries, and we have two brothers on the call this week. Which one of you guys stayed injured the most growing up? Brandon, he's a moron. He would do weird stuff, like jump out of trees and stuff. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> and he's a fireman now, so he's probably pretty good at climbing those trees. You know, he's got to get those cats and stuff. It was just Neil was always so scared to actually get off the ground to do anything. So if you don't take chances in life, you never get hurt. So, I mean, you mean like he is right now? He's just laying down on the ground. Exactly. Yeah. Scared, smart. You know, people call it whatever they will. <laughs> oh, this is the kind of content you get when you get two guys who love each other that much together on a call for an hour or hour and a half. So. But if you really think about it, just for the audience to know, this whole segment's actually family. I mean, you've got brother-in-law, cousin. I mean, pretty much a this family podcast today. <laughs> it is. It is. That's very true. All right. Uh, well, that's pretty much what we got for you in the first segment. Uh, coming up next, we have uh, our matchup analysis. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna dive into the Southside Overdrive matchups for Week Four. So uh, we'll be right back with with some advice for those. straight into some matchups. I'm going to let, turn it over to Sean and let him kind of run us through the matchups, and we're going to get some new insights this week from the uh, Neil and Brandon who we have joining us this week. So uh, carry it away, Sean. All right. So we're going to uh, we're gonna start off this week with the matchup of the week for our league, Southside, Southside Overdrive, and that is going to be the Booza Gang versus Frozen Tundra. Uh, Booza Gang's 2-1. and one. Frozen Tundra's uh, still undefeated because he plays Green Bay players. Um, so, let's see here. So, for the matchup, we have, um, obviously, I'm not going to go down the entire list. <clears throat> but for Booza Gang, he's, at, he's actually starting Carson Wentz this week instead of 
let me pull it up, instead of Derek Carr, uh, which is not too much of a surprise, uh, especially since Carr had, had that off week last week and he's playing Denver. So I can understand him uh, putting Wentz in. Wentz has been really hot to start off the season. Uh, Melvin Gordon's been a stud so far. Mixon has uh, he's coming into his own. He hasn't he hasn't done what uh, you know what we what we thought he was going to do so far, but he's been pretty good. Uh, Cooks obviously had a standout game last week. He picked up um, Austin Safarian Jenkins this week. Uh, he's got some good matchups across the board. He's got Miami. He's got Parker going against the Saints defense. You always want to start somebody against their defense. Um, the Panthers. Yeah, unless you're the Panthers and you have Cam Newton, and that really sucks for you. But other than that, <laughs> he's got uh, Jeffrey against the Chargers. Uh, so obviously he's stacking Wentz and Jeffrey, hoping that they're going to connect for some touchdowns and, and rack him up some points this week. Uh, for Frozen Tundra, we have he has Aaron Rodgers, of course, top five quarterback, like always. He has uh, Gurley, who's went off. He has Carson, who's coming into his own his own for Seattle. Um, even though they have an awful offensive line, uh, he has the stud Diggs right now, who has who's throwing up points with backup QBs. Uh, he picked up Ebron this week. I'm not really totally sold on uh, on that pickup, and he's starting Jaquiz Rogers um, as his flex. He has some uh, decent matchups. Really, uh, the only defense that's really tough that he's going up against uh, the Minnesota defense, um, and I'm. I'm not big on Gurley this week, to be honest with you. I know he's been a stud so far, but Dallas's run defense actually hasn't been that bad. Uh, obviously, they stuffed the Cardinals last week, um, which, you know, that's not saying too much. But for the season, their rush defense hasn't been atrocious. Uh, so, but I'm still going to have to give it to Frozen Tundra for, for my call this week. Uh, I just, I think his stack of Aaron Rodgers and, De, and Devontae Adams along with Diggs um, I could see that being a high-scoring game against Detroit. I think they're going to – I think he's just going to put up more uh, <clears throat> more touchdowns this week than Booza game. So I'm rolling with Frozen Tundra this week. Hey, yeah, uh, I think- since I thought that Russell Westbrook played football, can I just uh, can I just say who has the better name of the two teams? Yeah, that'd be because, actually a new like, doesn't, doesn't Frozen Tundra like, – isn't that a reference to Chicago? No, it's Lambo. Oh, okay. Well, then I guess that makes sense. Never mind. Yeah, I, but but I, I kind of think until until winter gets here, it should be like dry tundra or something because there's nothing frozen going on. So his name literally doesn't make sense for half the season. Yeah, well, with global warming and all too. So yeah. <laughs> so you get politics, fantasy football advice, and humor all in one call. Like, what else could you ask for as an audience? I agree. Uh, no, seriously though, as far as um as far as like an analysis with um with fantasy. It just in this in this um, matchup here, I really do. I like Rodgers a lot against Chicago tonight. I think he's you know he's always like Sean said a top five quarterback. But I mean I really feel like he's he could uh, have a big game tonight against Chicago. Chicago's defense not that good, and he always plays well against Chicago. Um, I, I kind of disagree with Sean. I like Gurley this weekend. I know Dallas's defense is probably a little bit better than. Uh, than or run running wise than they are um, against the pass. I still like Gurley a lot, um, and I, I even though they give uh, the advantage in, in the um, league to um, to Parker over Diggs, I still I think Diggs is. I mean, even against Detroit against Detroit's defense, I think Diggs is is probably going to put up more than uh than Parker. And I I mean, there's just 
really no way, in my opinion, you can look at these two lineups and think that Frozen Tundra doesn't come away with a win. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that Sean pointed out uh, that kind of stuck with me was he said that Mixon wasn't what we thought he was going to be. But if, actually, if you listen to the podcast before the season even started, I think us as a consensus were never even big on Mixon. We we said that he was going way too high in drafts and that you weren't at least starting the season off going to get the return on your value. And I have a proposition that I think it might sound crazy, but I, I think that putting Wentz in over Derek Carr might be a mistake. I think that Derek Carr puts up more fantasy points this week than Carson Wentz, even against a tough Denver defense. I just think the loss in Washington to uh, the Redskins is really going to kind of light that offense in Oakland back up, and I think they kind of ex- maybe explode on Denver this week and, and put up some points. I'll, I'll go ahead and say this, too, just to get this out here. Uh, of the two brothers, I will go ahead and concede to the fact that Neil is the stat guy. Uh, I just got, I never even watched NFL football really until I started playing fantasy. So my analysis really strictly just comes down to matchups and gut feelings, not stats like Neil's probably. But I agree with you. I, I don't see how you start Wentz over Carr. Uh, I just see that being a high scoring game. Uh, Carr, Carr's probably going to put up more points than Wentz. Wentz is off to a good start, but he's not a better quarterback than Carr. Carr's, Carr's going to get him more points this week. I know you say Neil's the stat guy, but as far as Southside Overdrive's concerned, of the two of you, which one of you has more championships? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he bought his. He bought his. <laughs> hey, this is America where we can buy anything now. Hey, his name is Phil Phelps. Oh, that's all that matters. <laughs> hey, I, I'll talk more about it, actually. I don't think Wentz is going to have a good game. Uh I actually have him going as a nice for quarterback this week. Just because you cannot, I just, he's riding a hot streak. I don't think it's going to last, though. I mean, you can try to plug him in, but I just don't see him lasting like that. I could be proven wrong, but I don't think it's going to go his way. I think the Chargers, I mean, they obviously have a a very solid pass rush, but um, Vereen is – from what I gather, from out for the rest of the season. So I would like to know who the, who they're going to put on Jeffrey and who could – I mean, I understand that Jeffrey's not, um, you know, he's not a the Sean Jackson speed guy or whatever, but uh, he's a big receiver. Um, and if Wentz can buy some time in the pocket, I could I, I could argue oppositely and say that Wentz is, is, could have a really big game against the Chargers because uh, I just – I can't see anybody covering um, those Eagles receivers. I think that Jeffrey could probably leave the game in the first quarter with a hamstring injury. <laughs> that is yeah. very true. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's just based on matchup. I mean, Carr, if Carr wasn't facing Denver, if he was facing, you know, somebody else, Cleveland or whatever, then, of course, you'd start Carr over him. But I just think uh, I just think based on this matchup, Wentz is just going to – I think that's a smart move to actually put him in there. Concur. Especially if Cooper is hampered. And Crabtree's dealing, I think, with a chest injury. Is that right, Brandon? Something like that. I think it's a chest injury. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, their receiving core is pretty banged up right now. So, um, I mean, it's 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 not a, a totally, you know, off-the-wall move that he's making here. But, uh, yeah. so, yeah, so we yeah, got We'll what? move on to one with with some teens, I guess, with more creative names than the two that we just said. I mean, that that's very original of you guys. So uh, the next matchup is uh, obviously catch it like Beckham and then get off my Ditka, which might be the most creative name in the league. So Will uh, or Neil, which uh, one of these two names do you like the best? <laughs> yeah, um, 
So, man, that's a tough one for me, man. Because I mean, get off my dick is very good. It's a very good name. Um, catch it like Beckham. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's all right. I mean, I don't like Beckham, but I mean, I'm not a Mike Ditka fan either. So, you know, what I mean, I don't know. Um, no, but by far, get off my dick is better. It doesn't even matter if you win your fantasy football matchup this week. If Neil likes your name better than the other one, that's a that should be a win in your book. <laughs> you should literally go get a plaque made and and hang it up on your wall because that's a that's an achievement. Not many yes. people get to say they have that in their life. So. I'm about to say I'm I'm actually, I'm looking at the matchup right here and I just noticed everybody on on Paul's team except or on Catch It Like Beckham's team except for Gronkowski is playing away this week. Every single one of them. That- that and game Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I about to say I was good. That's what I was about to include though. He actually took out Roethlisberger, which was I think is actually very smart, and put in Deshaun um, Watson for this week. Uh, but what do you think about the the main thing that I see with him is uh, dealing with his lineup? Is he's actually he's throwing Willie Sneed fresh off his suspension into his flex uh, when he does have players like you know Buck Allen, Derrick Henry, even uh, on his bench that he might be able to. Uh, plug in there so what do you what do you think about that move i, I don't know I who you're, who you're referring to <laughs> i mean i'm just i'm just i'm just I was just pointing it out uh, i mean i'm not i'm not high on that move i mean i don't like throwing in a guy or anybody pretty much fresh off either suspension or or injury straight into your uh into your lineup especially on an offense that you're not the number one guy you're you know you're the you know second third third uh person on that team uh but just going through the um uh, I'll go ahead and go through the lineup a little bit. I do not uh, – I actually like Lynch. I don't like Carr, but I like Lynch because uh, Denver's rushing offense uh, – rushing defense has been pretty uh, pretty bad, actually, dating back to last year. Um, so I, d- I do like that matchup. I do not – I don't like any Saints running back at the time being um, just because I don't think um, – unless they're in, like really heavily involved in the passing offense, I don't think they're, they're going to contribute to your fantasy lineup that much. Uh, I do like I do like Beckham's lineup. I mean uh, Beckham's matchup, of course Gronkowski against Carolina. I think that'll be good. Uh, but but overall, uh, I, I just I'm really not digging his matchups this week. On the other side, get off my dick. I'm not showing any favoritism to my brother. Uh, but I love his matchups. Obviously he's got uh, uh, McCoy against uh, Atlanta. Bryant Dez, which is I thought he was going to get off to a bigger start, but that's because I thought Ezekiel Elliott was going to be out for the six weeks. Uh, Landry against New Orleans, he actually picked up Cutler as well, so I'm not sure what he might do there. I don't. I hope he doesn't sit Breeze and start Cutler. Uh, so I don't know why he did that, but but for I mean, this if week, we go by experience, the last time he had two quarterbacks playing against each other, when Breeze was concerned, he chose the wrong one. So and it, and let's cost, see if he it, learns from his mistakes. I was saying it cost him a championship, pretty much. Um, so, but but overall matchups, I'm gonna have to say I like. Uh, I'm gonna have to like get off my Ditka for this week. Look, I, I, yeah. I want to make a um, a real quick edit from what Sean said. Um, Denver's actually allowing less than 60 rushing yards per game this year, and Marshawn had less than 20 yards last week. I don't like Marshawn this week. Okay, yeah, and I'll I'll jump in on on Snead. I, I don't even think I don't think Willie Snead could be a fantasy relevant wide receiver the entire season. He wasn't not just coming off here. Yeah, not even coming off injury. This is just a guy who is more of a comfort player for Breeze. So he's going to get a couple targets on you know those third and longs and stuff like that because he's known for his reliability to catch the football. But he's not fast. He's not physical. He, he did, nothing really separates him 
from being just an average NFL wide receiver, and I just don't think there's any fantasy relevance there at all, especially worth starting coming off his first week. Yeah, I mean, there there could be a chance just because it's Saints offense and Drew Brees that the dude catches a 40-yard touchdown pass or something, and the guy gets a lot of points. But I just wouldn't bank on him coming in and being relevant enough to play his first week back. Yeah, I, I love I love Paul to death, but I just really – even the three uh, guys that they have projected scoring higher than, uh, than Michael's team – Marshawn, I'm not a big fan of. Beckham, I'm quite sure will probably be, if not shadowed, at least covered a lot by Jalen Ramsey, who, again, a Florida State guy, but could possibly be one of the top five corners in the NFL right now. And then, um, obviously, you got Gronk. I mean, he's going to put up his numbers, but I just I really feel like Get Off My Ditch has got a much better team this week. Yeah, I'll I'll do a fact check real quick just just to have my boy Sean's back. Jalen Ramsey plays for the Jaguars, so it's gonna be kind of hard for Burn him to be Hartley. shadowing. Vernon <laughs> Florida guy, the smarter one. My bad, my bad. <laughs> yeah, I do that. You you're just so stuck on Florida State's bandwagon right now. It's hard to get away from them, huh? I really thought you knew a lot about football, man. You kind of let me <laughs> down, don't. bro. I'm sorry. He's really rusty, don't. man. He's 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 been off for a couple weeks. I kind of thought you were the the, the guy when it comes to players and all but yeah i i really like landry this week uh, i think i think he could do some damage against new orleans i actually think that he could be the difference maker in that matchup and the uh, the only thing that i hate is is that the saints dolphins game is obviously in london and to me those games are always a toss-up and it's almost like there's no way you can even try to predict the script for them because who saw the Jaguars beating the Ravens like 40-7 to or whatever last week? Like, it's just they're not scriptable or predictable in my opinion. Half the Saints team was down watching the soccer game all week. So, I mean, it's not like they're focused on football or anything. <laughs> no. Not at all. So, we'll, uh, we'll actually move on to the next matchup. Uh, I'm not going to really talk about this one that much. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't talk about my matchup. So, uh, but next week's match or the next matchup we're going to talk about is Hacksaw Squad versus uh, Dome Patrol. So I'll let y'all uh, bash me on that one. Yeah. Well, it looks like you're the favorite to win, so I don't know how we're going to bash you that much. I know, but I'm just saying, just in general, just bash me. I mean, y'all were bashing me before the show called. I mean, Neil was like, "Who's that terrible team over there?" So I didn't say you had a good. I didn't say you had a good team. I just said you're projected to win. Oh, I know. It's all right. I think that the Jacksonville defense could score more points than any other player on your roster this week. Oh, really? Yeah. But that would also not be a good thing because he has Bilal Powell starting, so that wouldn't be probably beneficial. The only thing I like about Powell this week is I'm pretty sure Forte is pretty banged up and is kind of out of the picture now. So I'm pretty sure it is the Bilal Powell show in New York right now. And Yeah. I'd, but they probably will be trailing quite a bit, especially if that same Jacksonville team shows up from london or whatever yeah and so the, the with forte going out the uh the other running back you do want to watch i will say this the other back you want to watch in uh the jets backfield is um elijah mcguire he's actually looked really good in the passing game which is <clears throat> which is what both forte and Palau do pretty well do pretty well but um he's he's really quick i actually watched some of the jets game last week and he looked really explosive when he does get um get touches so if Forte is out for a prolonged time and if something does happen to Powell that's definitely a guy you want to add to your watch list 
Yeah, every time we talk about Elijah McGuire, I just it kind of breaks my heart because that dude is a beast in Madden this year, and he <laughs> I literally lost him to IR for like the rest of the year. So I'd rather not talk about McGuire. It's kind of touchy subject. Yeah, let's not talk about Madden. But anyways. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, Doug Ball went against Indianapolis. That dude, like, if anybody's going to outscore Jacksonville's defense on your team, it'll be Doug Baldwin, even though he is questionable. Like, he could go out there with one leg against Indianapolis' defense and probably beat Jacksonville, outscore Jacksonville. Yeah, and I think now's a good time to bring up the consistency that Zach Ertz is providing this year. He was a, a pretty good tight end last year. There just wasn't a lot of touchdowns there, and this year he seems to be getting the touchdowns. So if his production keeps going up, then he's going to be in the same conversation as, as maybe Gronk next year when the uh, the start of the season rolls around just because the tight end position is literally the most unpredictable position in fantasy football right now, and nobody knows what's going to happen unless your name is Zach Ertz or Rob Gronkowski. So big name right there for his roster. Yeah, on the other side, I mean, I don't think we've talked about uh, Dawn Patrol's team at all. Um uh, Julio, like you said, I mean he's gonna he's gonna put up his numbers. He seems to be a little bit banged up this week. They got him questionable, but um, Buffalo's defense has not allowed a passing touchdown all season. Zero passing touchdowns against Buffalo all season. So that, in my opinion, that if, if you want to get a little bit of a uh, spoiler alert, one of my ice guys is Matty Ice. I don't see him doing very much against Buffalo's defense this year, this week. Nice, nice. I did not I, I know that stat, so that's a good one. I, if if Darla's team shows up, I mean, I know it's hard to predict which people uh, will show out, but I, I like her wide receivers and all. Kirk Cousins, I, I've never liked her running backs. I know I said that in my article. I think she's weak at running back, so I think Sean will come away there. But uh, if Jordy Nelson and Julio can find the end zone, I think Dome Patrol might come away with it. No. Yeah, the, the biggest thing about the Buffalo matchup with Atlanta is that Buffalo is going to Atlanta, and, it, and it's almost like a Jekyll and Hyde when Atlanta, when they are in that dome in Atlanta, they seem to be twice as fast than when they are in anywhere other field in the you know in the NFL. So they it, it's hard to shut that offense down in Atlanta. So Matt could have a pretty good game. I, I still think that Buffalo might be the worst team in the NFL um, right there along with the Jets. So, and they're two and one. And the Colts? Yeah, the Colts. I Colts mean, the, the Colts. Brissett, man. This, this is oh like my, a new guy. Oh, my goodness. You're crazy, man. The Indian, they're not good, man. They're not good. No. And y'all don't even mention the one guy on her, on her lineup that scares the fire out of me more than anybody else right now is Chris Thompson. I mean, the dude's – he's a top three running back right now. He's like back – Nothing to, back to worry quick. about, man. It's, it's nothing but like a – it's just one of those streaky things. You you can't if, if I was a Chris Thompson owner right now I would have sold him two days ago he would not be on my roster right now I would have sold him for a top twenty running back banking on people think that he's gonna be this dude is averaging over like two point one fantasy points per touch last year David Johnson only averaged one fantasy point per touch so this dude is literally doubling the production of one of the best running backs in football last year and it's just not repeatable at all this this he will be nothing but downhill. He might have a couple of flashy games where he breaks a couple runs, but he would have been off my roster two days ago, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking at this, and Chris Thompson is averaging 21 points a game, and that's only third highest among running backs. Like, who's scoring higher than 21 points a game right now? 
Todd Gurley and Hunt. Hunt. <laughs> Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Definitely Hunt. Yeah, Hunt's going off. All righty. So, yeah, with me on the show, you don't have to give your prediction. That's cool. I'm all right with that. So uh, well, we got to go to the name. I mean, we got to at least yeah, which name is better. Yeah, oh, okay. any, anything with anything with squad or gang or team or any, it's terrible. It's weak. <laughs> so I think it's safe to say that Dome Patrol has taken the name game on this one. Only which by is the a, uh, for all for all you young bucks out there, that is a reference to an, the old Saints defense when they were actually somewhat compliant and could actually play defense. So when they were paying players to kill other players. <laughs> Hi right, man, you got to do what you got to do. All right, so uh, with that being said, we'll move on to the next matchup, okay? Uh, let's see. So for the next matchup, we have Stafford Infection, which has a stout team right now. So uh, before we jump into this matchup, can we bring up the fact that this guy is using a Seattle Mariners logo for his team name? I did see that. That was pretty sweet. I thought that was pretty nice. Is he a Seattle? I'm I think that's a Seattle mayor. And a fan. He's a, yes, he's a Seattle fan. He's from Seattle. So while it might be somewhat clever because his name starts with an S, this is football, bro. You got to draw the line. Baseball belongs in baseball, and football belongs in football. Well, go when, find a go find a CFL team or something that starts with the letter S and use their logo. When you're three and O, you can do what you want, Matt. When you're three. When you're first in Look, standing, I, I might just be a little bitter that he beat beat the brakes off of me last week, which he's done two years in a row now. But I'm just saying. Well, he he is a Seattle Seahawks fan. Yeah, he's a Seahawks fan. He's a Mariners fan. I I, I told him he needed to go see get help, you know, and make sure nothing was wrong with his brain. But well, I give him props be though because he's not he's not you know showing that by his team there's not one seattle guy in the starting lineup that that takes a lot of guts for uh for a fantasy player to put his you know put his team aside and go after who he thinks is the best player yeah i will say he's very good at learning from his mistakes because if you would have seen his teams a couple of years ago it was pretty full of seahawks players but luckily that offense was actually pretty good so it kind of worked out for him yeah so before yeah so anyways back to the matchup before we go into that i mean do you want to go ahead and, <laughs> uh, since we're doing this who has the better team name? We'll go ahead and start off with that. Stafford Infection or the Brady Bunch? I think they're really, I mean, both very clever based on, you know, the star player of the team, Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady. Very, very cute, um, clever things. Um, Stafford Infection is better just because it sounds like you can kill somebody. Brady Bunch is too, you know, it's too uh, G, too G-rated. Not scary at all. Hey, he had, a very, he had a very good one last year, but we wanted to, we couldn't say it on the show. So we, uh, so he kind of changed it this year to be more PG. Trust me, he had a yeah, very. It was a little, it was a little borderline past R rated. So yeah, he, really he, he worse than off my Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, hard to believe, hard to believe. We'll talk about that after the show. All right, but anyways, mm. so we have uh, Stafford infection going against the Brady Bunch this week. <clears throat> For the Stafford infection, obviously he has Matthew Stafford uh, going against. Uh, Minnesota's defense. Yes, uh, Freeman against Buffalo. Uh, Crowell, who has not looked good this year so far, um, going against Cincinnati's defense. He has uh, AJ Green, Tariq Hill. He has Witten, who's actually been surprising this year. Uh, been pretty decent, considering his old age. Uh, then he has CJ Anderson uh, against Oakland's uh, defense. And on the other side of the 
other side of the wall, we have Brady, of course, against Carolina's defense. That should actually not be – he should put up some pretty good points considering what Breeze did. Uh, he has Le'Veon Bell against Baltimore's defense, uh, McCaffrey against New England, Hopkins, uh, Golden Tate, Jimmy Graham, and he has Adam Thielen in his flex. So uh, so what stands out to you all as far as these matchups are concerned? For me, it would have to be um, the fact that he has McCaffrey going against that New England uh, defense for the Brady Bunch. What do you all think? The yeah, thing I'm... that sticks out to me is that he has Matthew Stafford starting – against Minnesota in Minnesota when when that defense has played pretty much lights out all year, especially at home, when and he has Russell Wilson on his bench against Indianapolis. I know the offense has been bad, but there's no way, in my opinion, you start Matthew Stafford over Russell Wilson this week. Obviously, we have time until Sunday that could change, but that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me right now matchup-wise. Yes, especially since uh, Russell Wilson it finally found like it seemed like he find, kind of found something last week uh, and had a had a breakout game. So I mean I, I think he'll kind of ride that. I mean riding a good game and going against a terrible defense. I mean that's just that's just good markers for for having a, a continued success. Yeah, just looking at this just based off the you know the matchup. I mean Stafford infection only has two guys that are not in the top ten points wise in their uh, position, and that's. Uh, Crowell, who's just outside the top 32, and then the Titans' defense against Houston. Um, I mean, every other player on his team is in the top 10, or in their starting the starting lineup, rather, is in the top 10 um, in their position. That's pretty stout. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. It's going to be very difficult to be a team like that. Well, my thing is he has Hyde, who's a top 10 running back on his bench. So, I mean, why would you not put him in there, you know, maybe instead of Crowell? So I mean, yeah, he I mean he's got a from 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 starting lineup to his bench, he's got a very solid solid team uh, right now, the way it's going. Yeah, I know Carlos yeah, Hyde is uh, sorry, man. I know Carlos Hyde no, listed is uh, questionable too. I'm not exactly sure if that's what's got him worried. If he's going to throw him in later or something, but yeah, but so is Crowell. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> But I yeah, see Tom Brady throwing up like 40 points this week against Cam and probably give him a shot, but I still think Stafford Infection comes away with it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah oh, of course, I have Stafford winning this one as well. But, I mean, for him, the perfect scenario, especially that Carolina-New England game, is to Brady to throw four touchdowns or something like that so that Cam will just dump it off, you know, and McCaffrey will just get a bunch of garbage points. Um, I've always said that I don't like banking on garbage points, but that could be that could be a game that could actually really get him a ton of points just for them two players. So I mean, I, I, of course, I give it to Stafford infection just by the based off how his team is performing this year, lights out. Uh, but I could see Brady, you know, the Brady bunch actually putting up a putting up a little bit of fight this week. Hey, I will, yeah, so I will write say... this one down. Go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. I was gonna say write write just write this down, and and if this happens, then then I'm gonna be talking about it next week. But I think that A.J. Green could put up more fantasy points this week than all three of Brady Bunch's wide receivers combined, which Ooh. is Hopkins, Tate, and Thielen. Man, I like that hot take. Right yeah, again. I can see that. That's a bold prediction, man. That's good. Hey, I, I will, will say, say this I will, about 
I will say this about Stafford infection starting uh, Matt Stafford. I mean, other than the fact that that's you know who his team's named after, he's pretty much neutralizing one of the Brady Bunch's players, which is Golden Tate, because anything that Golden Tate gets is going to be accounted for Stafford as well. So that's, I guess, really kind of the only plus to starting Stafford is knowing that one of the guys' wide receivers that you're playing against is kind of almost neutered. <laughs> he said neutered. <laughs> <laughs> I got to uh, watch Christian McCaffrey for the first time last week uh, for a little bit. I got to catch part of that game. Uh, that dude actually looks like he's going to turn out to be a good player. I think once that offense gets kicking, I can see McCaffrey getting in there and, and doing some good stuff. I was really impressed watching him uh, play. Yeah, I think they need to take a page out of Kansas City's playbook and kind of see some of the ways that they're getting Tyreek Hill involved, and they need to do exactly what they're doing because they're obviously what they're doing now is not working, so they need to find the way to get him the ball more, and then I think that offense will pick up the pace a little bit. Yeah, which I think will also help Cam out. I mean, I'll talk about Cam later, but I think once you get into that little fast pace, getting dumping the ball off to McCaffrey, that helps Cam become a better quarterback and excel in fantasy as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that Stafford Infection will take this one this week. Um, he, he does have some good matchups, so be hard. It should be on his way to 4-0. Oh, yeah. All right, so we'll go ahead. I think we have a consensus on Stafford Infection, but uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next, uh, next matchup, and it's going to be uh, – and unless he changes his name, it's Goodwill Hunting right now versus uh, Zeke and You Shall Find that's owned by a guy named Owen. So, let's see. We have <laughs> Owen. Yeah. Owen who? Because he's Owen 3. So, we uh... – <laughs> so, uh, so, just looking at the matchup. Straight off a Jolly Rancher rapper. <laughs> so – Looking at the uh, looking at the lineups here, we got obviously uh, Google Hunting has uh, found found great value in Kareem Hunt. He's been uh, very well playing very well this week. He actually is stacking. I don't know if you want to call it stacking, really, but he's playing two running backs from the same uh, team uh, against the Packers uh, defense. I don't know if I like that move. I mean, I know last week it, it hurt him because he oh it didn't really hurt him that bad because. Uh, Cohen scored over 10 points, and then, you know, of course, Howard went off and scored like 20-plus. I can't remember the exact number. Uh, but I don't think I've ever seen that before in fantasy. Have you? I'm just, just throwing that out there. I've never seen somebody stack two running backs from the same team. Hey, let it ride, man. Let it ride. <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know why he has Kerwin Williams on the bench, really. I mean, you spend $40 of your fab on a running back. He's He's got to be in your starting lineup, right? Like, you what is this think. guy thinking? Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, again, I, I hate to be, you know, I hate to uh, be the uh, devil's advocate here, but I mean, Jordan Howard's the number 11th ranked running back, and Cohen is the number 14th ranked running back according to this thing right here, and Cream Hunt's number one. So, who, I mean, who's he going to take out? If I had to take anybody out, it would be Cohen, just because I think that he's the more, like, kind of Chris Thompson s type player. But then again, I, I could see Chicago playing from behind a lot tonight, and then, then it's going to be Cohen's ball game. Jordan Howard, while he did have a big week last week, he left the field at least two or three times last week to due to that shoulder and said that he was literally in pain the entire game. 
So you kind of have to ask yourself that even though he had a big week last week, is that repeatable? Like, is somebody who's going through that much discomfort able to go out there and perform like he did last week against a Green Bay defense that has looked somewhat uh, decent this year? Is, is this Bourness? Is Goodwill Hunting Bourness? Yeah. Man, it's no wonder we had such a difficult time trying to find somebody to talk about on the team for five minutes. I mean, it's garbage. Garbage. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I... I... I love, I love uh, Fitzgerald. You know, he had a big week last week, but I, I think he's, I think he is. I mean, he's been their go-to guy, but I really think that they're really gonna feed him the rock this year, uh, a lot. So I like that stack of Palmer and and Fitzgerald. And he's got two stacks going on here: Palmer and Fitzgerald, and Howard and Cohen. Um, the only problem is that, only problem with that is, if they stop your offense, I mean, you pretty much just crippling your your fantasy lineup when you when you do that kind of stuff. So you're praying for like a you know, forty something to thirty something game, and hopefully it's not a, a defensive struggle. But then on the you other side, you know who I like on his team? His kicker. His kicker's solid. Dude, I saw a stat the other day. He he's made like the last so many field goals over like the last year. Or so he hasn't missed a field goal with inside like forty yards or something. He's like one of the most like I think it's like the longest streak active in the NFL of field goals. And I wish I had it because I heard it when I was watching the game and I was like. Wow, like nobody's ever really heard of Ryan Suckup. I mean, I know that we don't we don't believe in kickers' lives mattering on this on this podcast, but if you take <laughs> Kareem Hunt out of his lineup, Suckup is averaging more points than every other player on his team. Yeah. So, so are you saying that Suckup is a fire play? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm I'm saying it right now. On you can record, you can put, you can write it down. This is a hot take. Ryan Suckup is the highest kicker point total this week. I mean, you're not going to get a okay, hot take like that on any other podcast right there. The kicker. I like it. So so we had a fan of the show reach out about two weeks ago, and he said, look, man, he said, I really enjoy the fire ice segment. He said, why do y'all not do fire and ice for kickers? He's like, I want to know what kicker I need to start and what kicker I need to sit. Well, there so you there you go, Mr. Maxwell Ritter. I'm going to call him out on the show. There is your fire play at kicker for the week. So you better find him and start him. I'm just saying, ESPN has my kicker going higher. Just that saying. is true. Yeah, and and if if anytime you have, like I said earlier, anytime the Falcons are at home, they're probably going to put up a lot of points. So Bryant could see busy, and if if the Bills are that good at stopping passes in the end zone, then it could be a very busy day for old Matt Bryant. That's true. Hey, in all seriousness, uh, Zeke and you shall find is by, by far my favorite uh, name in, in the league, but ser- the team is legit, man. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, other than him being a dud last week, Dalvin Cook's solid. I like Gillisley a lot, also a Florida Gator guy. Um, uh, Prescott, you know, I mean, I don't I don't like Prescott, but he is in the top ten as far as in his position. Matt Bryant's number two kicker uh, in, in fantasy. I mean, T.Y. Hilton has breakout games, even though he does have a former Florida guy throwing the ball to him as well. Um, I'm just saying, it's a solid team. The biggest pickup that happened this week and that I that I thought was probably the smartest movies made all year was, was the pickup of Charles Clay. I think that Clay could be the most underrated tight end in fantasy football, and I think that he is poised to have a pretty big week, and not just that, but a pretty big year. So for an owner who lost Greg Olson – I think that was a very valuable pickup, and I think that you will be pleased with what he has to offer your team this year. I do want to know what the ESPN projections, or Mr. Mike Clay himself, 
has been drinking this week to be able to project a running back to get 19.3 points, though. That's a pretty big <laughs> reach. I know that Carlos Hyde you know, put on a show out there last week, but it, it, it'd be hard for me to say that this guy's coming in. He's getting 20 points. Like, yeah, I, I hope he's right, man. I hope, oh, I, I, I hope he's – I hope that's he didn't, even, he didn't even have 19 yards from scrimmage last week, and we're giving him yeah. 19 fantasy points now? Hey, yeah. that, that – don't Zeke, okay? <laughs> now, I, I will say, I mean, it's, I hope I win this week uh, uh, just because I'm tired of being in the losing column, man. I, I've got to start winning. So. And my team's yeah, been doing Yeah, that punishment's looking real good, good right about now. Yeah, I mean, my team's been performing. I scored like 97 points last week. I just was matched up against the Guru for that week. So I hope this week turns out okay for me. Yeah, you, it definitely has a good squad, and, and I, I'm a firm believer that that stuff will even itself out over the over the course of the season. So as long as your team stays healthy, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's just no way that uh, I don't think that Kareem Hunt can keep doing what he's doing because he's like on a record pace to to break all kind of records and stuff this year. I just don't think that's feasible. So I definitely think that Mr. Owen himself gets that first win of the week, and he will lose that name. Same here. So let, yeah. let me ask y'all this about my team. I'm going to go ahead and get some, what is it, MJ Dubs uh, fantasy advice real quick? Yeah. So. No, hold on. Let me check I, my PayPal. PayPal made sure your payment went through. Yeah. <laughs> uh, T.Y. Hilton, I put him in there because I wasn't, I haven't uh, read up on the injury for Crabtree yet. So I know T.Y. Hilton went off last week, but if Crabtree's ready to go, do I, do I swap them back out? If Crab, in my opinion, if Crabtree's healthy, and, and with India uh, going against Seattle, I just I, I would not feel comfortable with T.Y. Hilton in my lineup with Jacoby Brissett throwing him to the ball. I know Brissett had a solid outing last week, had a very good game, but that was against Cleveland, and we know who Cleveland is and what they are. So while Seattle has often struggled to this year, they're still a solid defense, and I have a, a hard time believing that Brissett's going to be standing a lot in this game. So I would, if Crabtree's healthy, I would have to go with him. That's what that's what I'm leaning towards. But then, I, then my other thing was, do I put T. Y. Hilton in my flex play or Gilsley? But I, I think I'm sticking with Gilsley. I know he had an off week last week, but I think New England's going to run up the score on Carolina. And I hope Gilsley gets me at least one touchdown there. And, and then also, I, don't don't be a sleeper on. I know you have Martavis Bryant on your team as well. So uh, I'm, I just, I'm just looking at what Jacksonville was able to do against Baltimore last week. And I, I know even though that that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game is always a, a dogfight, that Bryant could be a sleeper as well this week. Yeah, I'm actually pretty deep to... in wide receiver, so if anybody wants one, shoot me a trade. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. Man's got to do it. Advertising at its finest, folks. I hope you feel dirty after that. I was. <laughs> that is not what we're here for to get your personal stuff out done. I mean, goodness gracious! I'm just not saying. A text <laughs> I could use a quarterback while we're at it. So. I got Cam Newton for you, man. Shoot. <laughs> you, you, you couldn't pay me to take him. <laughs> Auburn paid him. So I guess we'll move on to the last matchup of the week. Is that what we got? One more. Yep, one last one. All right. Take us away, Sean. What do we got? <clears throat> All right, so for the uh, last matchup of the week we're going to talk about, it is uh, our very own Matthew Walker's Breeze Bayou versus our very own 
uh, Guru Players Association owned by Will. <clears throat> so I see a lot of check marks on the right side of this uh, of this thing. Um, honestly, uh, Players Association, uh, he's really dealing with uh, lineup issues. I feel like he he doesn't know who he's going to play. Uh, and, and, and it, make, it makes it hard when you don't have any kind of consistency, a little, a, at least some consistency in your lineup. Uh, not to mention that, obviously, his players have not been uh, performing that well. When you look at the position rankings on his team, uh, they're pretty abysmal. So, uh, for me, I, I think I think uh, Breeze Bayou is going to win this matchup. But uh, as far as players association, I'm just going to just give a little bit of advice on that on on his team a little bit. Uh, for me. You, you can't start anybody on Carolina's offense right now, uh, at least this week against New England, except for McCaffrey. McCaffrey is the only person I love because I think he's gonna eat up garbage, garbage points this week. So I love, I love that he's the only person I love on that team. You have Delaney Walker. He's, I mean, he's he's a stud at the tight end position. <clears throat> uh, for me, for for your team though, it's uh, it's a, it's. A, Dealing with Cooper, um, you can if he starts the game, you cannot sit him. That's just not, as he's not. A, I mean, that's just like saying if Julio starts, or if Julio, you know, starts and he's he's listed as questionable and he's had a couple of off games that you're going to sit him. It's just not you're not going to do it because the one week you sit him, he's going to score you 30 points, or you know, or 20 20 to 30 points. So for me, um, you you just can't you can't do that uh, with sitting him, especially when you have a guy like Benjamin in your flex. I I, I can't. I just can't see that happening. Uh, but for me, um, I, I feel like this is the week that uh, Jay Ajayi does kind of break out for you. Um, obviously, you're weak at running back, uh, you know, with Kelly being hurt for Washington. Um, I, you know, I, I've always said I would put him in if he's healthy over James White. You know, Matt Ryan is going to do uh, a decent job of getting yards, but as Neil was saying, um, it's going to be a little bit difficult to get into the into the end zone. So, for me, it's just a matter of you need to you just need to trust your players and hope that you know they're going to perform. Like Matt always says, you know, people always go back you know to their to their what was it, Matt? Their median is that what you say? You know, yeah. They always go back to the median. So Cooper's going to do that, even though he's had maybe a couple of bad games. He's going to fall back to what he averages, uh, which is pretty you know pretty sound numbers. Um, so. I mean, if, if there's one person in your lineup you don't need to take out if he's starting, that's got to be me. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I'm just going to comment on basically on the same players that you commented on. I don't like Matt Ryan this week. I do like Jay Ajayi, um, and I agree with you. I think Cooper's got to be in your lineup if your other option is Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, maybe if you have a different guy as you flex, you might sit at Cooper this week against Denver. Um, I think that's who they're playing. But uh, I, I just don't like Kelvin Benjamin or anybody else on the Carolina team. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, is this Matt's team, Breeze Bay? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I, I do like um, Tyrod Taylor. I think we mentioned him earlier. And, of course, Antonio Brown is going to get his. Uh, I do not like Murray against Houston, just personal preference. Um, and if Reed plays, then obviously you want him in there. But that dude, man. He will frustrate you with your fantasy team because, I mean, you know, he'll play one series or, you know, he'll play a game and he'll miss four. I mean, that's that, – that will stress a manager out. But as far as this week, if he plays, um, then I guess, you know, you might want to want him in there. I guess, I don't know, it depends on who your backup tight end is because it's tough defense to play tight end against anyway. Yeah, I actually made a move during the podcast to go ahead and pick up Vernon Davis 
you know, just in case something happens with Reed and has to, if for some reason he doesn't play, I, I think that Vernon Davis could be a, a decent tight end this year if Reed was ever out for an extended amount of time. He, he kind of stepped in last week and did just fine, and then last year put up some solid numbers when Reed was out. Uh, the the trick is, though, is like you said, that Reed, if he says he's going to play, you obviously have to start him, but he, he might play two or three series the whole game, and I think you're just hoping on a touchdown. So, uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm Looking at your team, Matt, or you know, for Breeze Bayou, I'm – I'm actually surprised at how well Montgomery has done so far this year. Um, I did not think that they would be relying on, or not really relying on it, but I did not think they'd be running the ball as effectively as they have this year with him. Are you surprised by so, that, that he's done that well? Well, so the the biggest thing about Montgomery, though, is that he's actually not really running the ball very well. Like, he, he's had a couple rushing touchdowns inside the five-yard line, which is great and all, but I think that, you know, we could put old uh, – old Neil Sachs out there running back inside the five, and he could pound one in the goal line for a touchdown. So no doubt. the thing I like about him, though, is he's almost ta- taken on like a type of David Johnson role, as in he is literally on the field. Like the last time I looked at his snap count, he was on the field for 90% of the offensive snaps, which is the highest in the NFL. And they're using him out of the backfield. He's getting like six or seven catches every game. So the usage is like there. The volume is there. That's the one thing I worried about with him. So it has been pleasantly surprising to see that he has had that volume this year. Hey, with that said, with that said, like, does any is anybody else more frustrated in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers? I mean, for real, like he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL, and they cannot get this dude like a running game or I mean, like his best run his best wide receiver is either a white dude or a dude who was a quarterback in college. Yeah, I think they need to try to get some offensive linemen that know how to like actually play more than one game in a row because it seems like they lose a tackle and a guard every other week. So they hopefully in the years coming they like spend some money on the offensive line or something because I just don't think it's fair to have you know, like you said the best quarterback possibly in the NFL get hit as much as he does. Agreed. But yeah, I, that, that's kind of cool because I like to play that mix and match game. Like, what would what would happen if you? gave Aaron Rodgers like Oakland's offensive line and like Crabtree and Cooper like how how awesome would that look yeah I mean there's a ton of teams that if you put him like so Denver is is another good example or Kansas City like could you imagine Aaron Rodgers with weapons like Kelsey and Hill and Hunt I mean that dude would be lighting up the scoreboard oh I'm about to say especially you point out Denver I mean Denver uh Peyton set records with a, a pretty much almost a dead arm. I mean, for those last three years, I mean, he had a decent arm, but it wasn't nowhere near, you know, what Rodgers' arm could do. And, and yeah. they, still have, they still have Sanders and they still have uh, Demarius Thomas on that team. I mean, he would he would just absolutely put up 40 points a game, no doubt. Is so his contract was, is his contract that high? Like they can't afford to get other players in there. I mean, what's the deal? I mean. So that yeah that that's kind of a good point is when you start signing these quarterbacks to these huge contracts you know like Breeze and Rodgers and Stafford and stuff like that then the weapons around you are going to suffer. So at some point you as a quarterback have to ask yourself what is more important me making a, a million dollars extra when I already make 15 million dollars a year or or maybe taking a pay cut like Tom Brady does every single year of his career and they are continually able to build the defense up stronger and put weapons around him every year to make the team successful. 
Yeah, I, can, can we just agree right now on this podcast that Giselle Bunchkin is actually the MVP of the NFL every year because she makes more money than Tom Brady, so he gets to just go out there and play for fun, not for money. So he can take a discount knowing that his old lady's going to make way more money than him regardless. And he can put himself around really good players and win championships. Like, I mean, I agree. I think I think Josh would agree with you too. He, I mean, he didn't name his team Munching on Munching for nothing. So <laughs> here he goes. We couldn't finish the podcast. We couldn't finish the podcast with it. <laughs> hey, he brought up Giselle. That that hey, was the door. He opened it. it. Opened that door wide open to walk on through. That's awesome. So I I definitely want to go back to the teams. I mean, obviously, who has the better team name here? Uh, yeah, Breeze Bayou. I mean, Players Association, uh, Will's my boy. I know I dog him out all the time. I do like Will a lot, but the Players Association is a terrible name. Nobody, uh, I mean, it's just not good. Not good. I'm a Robert, I'm a, uh, Roger guy, so I'm, I'm anti-Players Association. All right, so, well, I like Will, I, I like but y'all are going to have to really find him a new name. He can't be a talking guru. I'm sorry. I love Will referred to as the guru. We were moving forward to the – we were trying to make that transition maybe to the coach because he spends all his time coaching <laughs> kids now. So Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that works. I, uh... All righty. So that will be the uh, – so that concludes our matchup analysis. We hope you all like it. It's pretty entertaining little segment we had, <laughs> we had there. Uh, so but next up for you, we got the fire and ice, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll, uh, we'll be right back with those players. <laughs> This will be the final segment. We're going to go over some uh, fire and ice players who we think who could light up the radar or just tear the radar down because they're so sorry, uh, maybe like Cam Newton was last week. So I'm going to throw it over to uh, Sean and see if he has anybody right off the bat, and then we'll let the other guys maybe give some insight, and then we'll probably have some random questions pop up throughout the segment as we've had the whole call. So sit back and enjoy. Sean, take it away. <laughs> All right. So are we doing fire and ice? Yeah. I, I had to go get little ones, so I wasn't 100% sure that's what we were rolling to, but I, I thought that's what it it's was. It's literally, I'm looking at the, the definition of fire and ice. Like, she would be fire and you would be ice. Like, <laughs> perfect, perfect I, definition yeah, I'll, right I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Y'all do have the same haircut, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dirty. That is, that is dirty. All right, so, uh, for I, uh, I was gonna, I'm going to start off with the ice this week. Uh, and my ice this week... Uh, quarterback uh, was going to be Matthew Stafford against Minnesota's uh, defense. I just I don't feel like he's going to have a good game this week with them, um, and that's that's pretty much it. I mean, it's just uh, no stats for you on that one. I just I just don't feel like that's going to be a a, um, <clears throat> a very good game. I feel like Minnesota's going to run the ball a lot. Um, I do not think that Case Keenum is going to be able to maintain that superb play he played last week. So I really think. The game is going to go by really fast with a bunch of running plays, uh, and Stafford's not going to have that have a chance to really uh, air it out a lot this game. So for me, I, I have him as a as an ice 
you know, getting less than maybe, you know, 12 points this week. I'm going to start off with Russell Wilson. I think that Russell Wilson could literally light it up this week. I think that that week four, this is the week we see that Seattle offense start to take a step forward and, and start to progress into the offense that they're going to be the rest of the year. And I think so. I think that Russell Wilson has a huge week this week against um, basically what would equivalent to a triple-A baseball team in the Colts. <laughs> I've already yes. kind of went over mine with Carson Wentz. I'm not saying the dude's not probably going to get you 15-something points, but he's just not going to be as stellar as he has been. He's not going to keep riding that high. If you're banking on him getting you another game over 20 points, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and I, and I, I, don't, I think one of y'all did ice, and then one of y'all did fire, and then one of y'all did ice. So, so I'm just, I'm just going to go with uh, – I already gave one of my ices earlier, Matty Ice, but I – I mean, as if this, he hadn't already shown this, Eli Manning is probably going to put up another dud week. Yeah, I agree with that. That Giants offense is absolutely terrible, and I think the, literally the only fantasy-relevant player from that team all year will be Odell Beckham. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right, so um, y'all have any more quarterbacks? Because that's all really that's – all really, with, with four of us, I didn't want to throw out so many players. You know, so I, I actually yeah. only have one. I only have one more player for the for the whole segment as far as fire and ice, and it's going to go along with a bold prediction. And I'm going to say that Kirk Cousins is going to absolutely light it up this week against Saints, against Kansas City, and that the Redskins will go into Arrowhead Stadium and give the Chiefs their first loss of the year. Yeah, I, I hate you right now. Don't say that kind of stuff. I'm playing Cousins this week, so I, <laughs> I don't like that prediction <laughs> at all. I'm just going to be honest. I don't care. I don't like that prediction at all. I hope that doesn't come true. Um, for me, I know I always say I, I hate banking on, on garbage time, but for uh, for the running back position, I, honestly, I love Christian McCaffrey this week. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, re- I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get up, at, you know, get you at least between 15 and 20 points this week. <clears throat> uh, I, I just think that New England's gonna get up big, and that he's just gonna be on the field a lot more than Jonathan Stewart will be. Uh, I think he'll pull, you know, he'll be on the field 70, 75 percent of the plays this week. I feel like. Um, and of course, you know, if Benjamin doesn't play, that's just going to increase his, his workload as far as targets and whatnot out of the backfield. So for me, um, I feel like he's going to have a huge week this week. Yeah. I think I mentioned earlier that I like Rogers tonight. I mean, I'm sure he's in your lineup regardless, but I, I like Rogers tonight. I agree with Matt. I like Russell Wilson. Um, and just as far as one more guy that I would throw out there is fire. And I think it was mentioned earlier as well, but Jay Ajayi is probably going to have a huge game against New Orleans. Yeah, I, I don't really have anybody for running back. I'm hoping, uh, I guess, just because he's on my team, I think Zeke will finally go into Zeke fashion this week and put up some good numbers. But that should be expected. I think this week is finally he, he starts to settle down into his, a little bit of a groove and actually makes uh, a Zeke performance. Yeah, that Cowboys line hasn't been quite uh, what it has been the last couple of years. I, I believe they might have lost a piece or two this offseason uh, just due to contracts inspiring. I think they lost at least one player uh, with, like, the left guard or something like that. But uh, I don't know how big of a difference that's making. But the line just doesn't look quite as good as it did last year. Yeah, well, I mean, can we just be honest? Like, Von Miller is not human, so he makes pretty much anybody look ridiculous. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, well, well, that's really all I had as far as players as well this week. Um, like I said, I didn't want to overload this segment 
considering there was four of us. So, anybody else got anybody? Wide receiver, tight end, anything like that? I, I will go back um, to the quarterback position, and I will go ahead and let y'all know. I've, I've said it before. I don't believe Cam Newton is going to be fantasy relevant much longer. The dude, I watched him play. He's just not playing with much excitement. I, I just don't see him being Cam again. I mean, he may be a decent start on some matchups, but I, I just I think Cam's best seasons are behind him. Um, yeah, and I will say, I'll, I'll kind of give the kicker some love. I'm going to kind of give Neil a run for his money, and I'm going to say that Mason Crosby is the number one kicker this week. I like it. I like it. And I will say that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to win a game for the rest of the year because I received some terrible news this week. Uh, so if I had some sad music, I would definitely cue it up. But I, I, I officially lost Cairo Santos for the rest of the season. Uh, he was put on IR for the Chiefs, so I just don't know if my team's going to rebound from the loss of Cairo Santos. <laughs> Breaking news. But I do. I did have a couple questions that I kind of thought about throughout the week because I knew that you two guys would be on, and I don't get to talk to you all as much as I'd like. So uh, this one's for both of you, and I just want to know what your biggest takeaway so far through the, through the first three weeks is of the NFL year. So what has stood out to you the most? Uh, the fact that people don't stand up on the sidelines is um, probably stood out the most, being that that's all that people that are paid to talk about football, that's all they talk about. Um, but as far as on the field, um, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, by far, to me, that's the biggest. Uh, that, and then obviously Kareem Hunt as well. Um, those are two probably the biggest stories for me. I mean, I, nobody, I don't think, projected Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen to be what they are. Uh, even I'm not sure they, I mean, they had a good seasons last season don't get me wrong but nobody expects him to be that and then Kareem Hunt there's no way anybody projected him to do what he's done yeah I'll, I'll piggyback off of that uh going back into just politics and, and football to me they shouldn't Mitch I, I should be able to turn on ESPN in the morning and not have to listen to politics if I wanted that I would watch CNN or something like that the two shouldn't mix uh I could go into another hour-long segment on my thoughts about the whole thing but I think if teams did it just like the Cowboys did uh, and Cardinals, they go out there, they take their knee, do their protest, but then you still show respect and all that, I think you would get your message a lot better across doing something like that than than the stuff that they're doing now. It's just kind of stupid in my opinion. And then, I mean, you've seen it all over Facebook and all that now. I mean, they bashed Tebow for showing – for kneeling for prayers and stuff like that and said there was no place for that, but now all of a sudden there's a place for politics. So it's just kind of double standards all the way across. Yeah, I, I agree with both your stances on that completely. I think it's absolutely silly. I think it's become overblown, and I think if you were to talk and interview each and every individual that took a knee this past Sunday, I bet you that at least 50% of them couldn't even tell you why they did it, um, So other than to just not divide the team. So that that's the biggest thing for me. But another question I have is obviously since since y'all aren't in the same league anymore, so you don't get to compete against each other, and the, the, you know that brother rivalry is not there as much as it used to. I'd like to spark that rivalry again and ask each of you who you think the highest scoring fantasy football player will be for Week Four. And then every time we have you guys on the show, I would like to ask you the same question. I'm going to keep a tally, and we're going to see who the the winner of the year will be. Tom Brady, hands down. The dudes, dude. put up. the dudes will put up like 40-some-odd points this week. 
I think he, I think he didn't even let you have a chance. I think he stole your. I think he you stole the fucking brain. I mean, like, can we like draw hats or numbers out of the hat? How do you get first pick? This ain't the. This ain't the draft. We just getting this name who you want to name. You want you want to so, go so not quarterbacks? Quarterback, even how quarterbacks are gonna get the most numbers anyway, the most points anyway. Okay, yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll make this up on the fly. We'll go non quarterbacks, and then whoever picks first this time will have to pick second next time. So yeah. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Related. At the end of this, what happens? Like the loser has to do the ice bucket challenge, or what? I mean, something's got to happen here. I, I, let's hash it out right now. I'm game. I mean, you guys are the participants. Who, who, who? What do you do if you lose this the year? Ice bucket challenge. Ice bucket. Yeah, I'm good with that. And then the winner gets to pour the ice over the over the loser. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll video Facebook, right. Facebook Live for Southside Overdrive. Oh yeah, we'll let's do it. Hey, I, I will. Seeing how you are the oldest and probably need the advantage anyway, I'll let you go first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll say Russell Westbrook. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, hey, all I gotta say is. It, 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 when I look at the screen, dude, Brandon looks mighty comfortable on this show, sitting in that chair like that. Now he's just chilling. He's just he like, does. Yeah. Well, now, now that I'm not having to uh, watch a four-year-old and do this simultaneously, I can finally relax and get in there. So I apologize to the listeners for not talking much to begin with. But. Oh no, you're fine. Yeah. I just looked up. He looks like he's become food. one with the with the with the call. Like he is. Yeah, I, I, he is well, sunk I can, in. I can focus on the podcast now, so I'm good. All right, so, so we, yeah, non-quarterback related. What are we What are we doing? Are we doing non-quarterback? Well, I mean, yeah. you got mad at my Tom Brady pick, so if you want to cheat and take that away, go ahead. Oh, look, let's let's just let's just work our way down. If or we're, if we're going to be back on the show later in the season, let's just start with quarterbacks, and then maybe next time do wide receivers and next year running backs or whatever. Let's just do it like that. So. You're picking Tom Brady. Well, I, I have a I have another quick suggestion is that we could do you could just each build build a three man team one quarterback one running back one wide receiver. Oh, I like and it. And then I'll I'll do I'll do the math and I'll figure out the totals and I'll keep track of it this year. So yeah, if okay, y'all well, like that, we'll just do one player from each position. All right. Well, I pick quarterback first. You name your quarterback and then I'll let you pick running back first. Yeah, my quarterback's A Rod. Matt's twin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for real though, if you listen I hear to the podcast and you can't put a face with the voice. Matt looks like Aaron Rodgers. Sean looks like Brian Erlacher. <laughs> <laughs> or Kennedy. Brandon looks like Alejandro Villanueva. <laughs> Here we go. He had to there get that is. in. He had to get it in. <sighs> All right, so so you had Rodgers, so you got first pick with running back, Neil. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to stick with Hunt, man. I, I think he's. I think he'll be all right. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Zeke. I'm going to have to ride it out. I got something to win. Right I, I hate to, I hate to pick for my own team, but I'm going for the win here. And so you would have first wide receiver, Brandon. Ooh, let's see. Kind of hard to think of it on the fly here. Next time you'll come prepared. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> y'all, <laughs> y'all are. Uh, mm, I let Neil pick first. Let me uh, let me think about it for a second. Neil, you go ahead. Yeah, I'm going uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Odell Beckham. That's the only good player on the team, so I, maybe he'll get a bunch. All right, there you have it. The first battle of the brothers through uh, through the little DraftKings style. So it should be a fun little play this year, and we'll see who gets that ice bucket at the end of the season. So, Just remember, uh, it's I been a great show. Truck, so. Be ready. Oh. 
So Sean, a uh, figure of speech yeah. just for the people who are on the podcast. He literally does drive yeah. park shops. Yeah. Does anybody have any closing comments, remarks, or anything they'd like to say before we get out of here and go watch some football? Well, I mean, first, of course, I'll just get it out there since uh, since our host isn't here. You know, you can find us on Facebook or uh, Twitter uh, at the Overdrive PC. Uh, we take any and all questions. We answer all of them. We've, we've actually, uh, Matt's been getting some start and sit at work. I've been getting some start and sit questions uh, from some friends and whatnot. So uh, <clears throat> just shoot us your questions, uh, and we'll, we'll get them answered for you. So make sure you can, uh, you know, get, get a win for your week. I'll say this. I, I think I said it last year in the podcast, man. Y'all do, y'all do an awesome job uh, running this league. Uh, I, I was just talking to someone the other day about the league they were in and was telling them about our uh, the bylaws or constitution, whatever you want to call it, and tell them about we had our own podcast and stuff like that. And they were just blown away. So y'all, y'all do an excellent job of, of making this league a, uh excellent choice. Yeah, I would echo that. You guys, you really do a, fun, a phenomenal job with with the league and certainly with the podcast. I, even though I'm not in the league, I listen to it every week and really enjoy it. Um, and I mean, not, I mean, this is probably the best one so far this year, but uh, the other ones were pretty good. <laughs> that is certainly agreeable. So, yeah, once again, thank you guys for coming on. It's always a pleasure when you two are on here. It uh, definitely lightens the mood, especially with our uh, comedic coast not around this week. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoy week four, and we're out. Kristen Michael.